Welcome into another episode of Loon Talk. I am AJ Fredrickson filling in for Jonathan Harrison as he is in for his uh, very long overdue honeymoon with his wife. And I'm joined by the voice of the loons, Dan Terhard. Dan, glad to have you here for another episode. Um, busy week in the MLS, busy week at Allianz Field. Yeah, AJ, good to have you on board. And uh, yeah, long overdue for a honeymoon. Uh, you're supposed to have that before <laughs> you have your family complete. So uh Hopefully he comes back in good shape and didn't spend all his money betting on Premier League matches. So, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, that's dangerous down there for him. That's it is it's, down there. the sports books. They're going to be hold. They're going to say, "Sir, I'm sorry, but you've had enough. You need to go away." <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you think he's more of a roulette guy, blackjack guy? What do you think, Jonathan is? I, I think I don't picture Jonathan as being much of a gambler. That's why I'm saying he's going to spend his time at the sports book putting down odd bets on teams that nobody else bets on and uh, game matches that people are going, really, sir, are you sure? So that'll be He's fun gone. to hear how that goes. Cause he was pretty fired up to go. So. Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, you didn't join us for Saturday's match, but that's all he was talking. About. He's like, I need to be Saturday or Sunday, two o'clock. That's when my flight leaves Sunday, two o'clock. <laughs> um, you so. know, my experience with guys that go to Vegas that are too excited to go Usually they come home a little less excited than when they left. <laughs> it's a, uh, it can be a very humbling experience. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, it, quick transition though with humbling experiences. How about the first 90 seconds of Saturday's affair between the loons and Portland Timbers, Sebastian Blanco, 90 seconds in at Allianz field. But like, if you were late at the brew hall and didn't get to your seat in time, yeah, they're already losing one nil. Um, what do you, what do you take away from that start? Because we already know that it's a four, four final, um, mm -hmm. of that match, but that's got to really kill the atmosphere at, uh, at Allianz field. You know, you could do the whole pregame ceremony. You get through lineups, the, the wonder walls probably bumping over there with the drums and the chants and everything. And then like Boom. that one nil kick, kick in the gut, kick exactly. in the gut. Yeah. And you know what, when you look back at it now, it, you know, you go, well, it opened up the door for what was a pretty exciting match, a very entertaining match. I don't think either team is probably happy with the draw, but as far as the entertainment value, it was outstanding. But I would rather have that happen than play a good first half scoreless and then uh, you give up a goal in extra time in the first half and you go into the locker room down 1-0. That's worse to me. Uh, this is, you know, teams that score in the first minute or two, that's kind of a one-off. It doesn't happen very often in this league. And you've got, you know, 88 minutes to recover. And they did. They recovered nicely, which is a big part of that match. And what should be taken away from that is they didn't crumble with a, uh, a mistake. You know, and I don't even call, AJ, I didn't even call that a mistake. I thought that was a really nice goal. I don't know. You could have defended that. It was very good passing, and uh, at least it wasn't a fluky, ugly goal. But uh, they they connected on a couple of quick passes in the 18 and and put one by Dane St. Clair. So at least it was a nice goal. Yeah, and that uh, and, and I think that's the one takeaway there. And like you said, it's uh, to have that happen so early. I think yeah. it's almost easier to put that in the back of your head because yeah. you know you still you're still able to go and say, guys, let's just let's play our game plan because I think you expect you'd like to score more than one in a full 90 minute match. So if you just stick to your game plan and you think, Hey, we can score two here, you're going to be fine. And obviously there was goals galore, uh, four, four final, uh, quick recap of the scoring here 
Franco Fragapane went ahead and tied things up at one apiece in the ninth minute of the game. Uh, Bangukle Hlongwane gets in the back of the net with a 21st minute marker. And then uh, as well, a 41 minute uh, Luis Amaria goal. He stays red hot. So it's 3-1 at the half. You know, watching 3-1, were you thinking, all right, let's just coast for 45. Let's get three points. That's a great response. Let's go out there and just wrap this thing up. It was uh, it was an incredible response, more than you would have hoped for. I mean, at that point, when you give up a goal in the first couple of minutes, you, you know, you'd say, okay, if we can get back even by halftime, I'll be happy. But to to come back with three goals after that, and and by the way, three of the nicest goals we've seen all year. Uh, Fragapane's uh, header on the far post on the first one, he was just in the right spot, but he still had to finish the play, and he did. The second goal, I don't know if you've watched it, AJ, but that first touch on goal by Fragapane was incredible. And then the goaltender makes the save, and then uh, Longwane uh, pounds the rebound to the back of the net. Another nice goal, and then Luis Amaria's goal uh, was, I think, his best goal as a loon. Um, what a! How often do you see a uh, a striker make a what forty five yard run, yeah, right? and 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 finish like that? I mean, that was a that was the the type of goal that I don't know if Minnesota fans ever thought we'd see out of a striker. Uh, so they were not only three unanswered goals, but they were great goals. So at halftime, yeah, you know, I was cautiously optimistic. You know. Um, <laughs> You felt the way they played after that first goal they gave up that they shouldn't lose, but we've seen this team struggle in the second half, so you really couldn't uh, take anything for granted at that point. No, absolutely not. We uh, we come out for the second half, and we get to the 50th minute, and Sebastian <laughs> Blanco gets his second goal of the match, followed up uh, almost immediately, three minutes later, by Yaroslav Nizgoda, uh, um, and all of a sudden it's, oh, we, we've got a 3-3 game here, and then in the 65th minute, it was originally ruled a Sebastian Blanco hat trick, but eventually credited to a Kamar Lawrence own goal, um, mm-hmm. so 4-3, now you're trailing panic button has to come out for a lot of the fans there oh absolutely yeah Um, no that did not feel good at all (laughs) no uh it was about four minutes uh, i think of probably just pure despair before uh, Luis Mm -hmm. amaria's second goal to get things to 4-4 and then we had about 20 minutes of just total unexpectedness i i was expecting at that rate that we were going a 6-6 final, a 6-5 final, maybe 7-6. Yeah, yeah. But uh scoring stops after after 4-4. Um a little deflating. Yeah, you got to probably admit to allow three goals to be right. up 3-1 after the half and then eventually at one point be losing and have to play uh catch up. Yeah. So so uncharacteristic of this club even when they were struggling uh, and couldn't score a goal for match after match, their defense always held teams down. Um I think, you know, Dane St. Clair has been, uh, there's been, you know, numerous matches this year where he's made some big saves where maybe we got a win or a draw and maybe uh, he he was should be credited more than he was. Um, so I would not get down on him. But I think this was a match where I think he had alone would admit that there were a couple of those goals he, he should have saved and and this probably should have been a win for Minnesota. I think if I if I remember correctly, it was Portland's second and third goals. Uh, the third one in particular, the one that snuck between him and the post, uh, and but he I, he's like most goaltenders. He'd be the first to say, "Yeah, no, I should have had that one." And uh, so there were a couple there that I think the kid 
probably would stop, you know, nine times out of 10 and the circumstances were wrong and he gave up a couple. And uh, so, but again, he's, he's won so many matches and, and kept us in so many matches with huge saves that uh, sometimes you forget AJ that he's a very young goaltender. He doesn't have a ton of experience in this league and uh, he's growing as we see it. But um, I, I would guess he was pretty hard on himself probably after that match. Yeah, that uh, that one that just somehow snuck in the near side post there. That's got to be one that he's going to go back and watch the film on. And yeah, he's, he, I don't know. I like in, he doesn't know what to to say about it, and yeah. that happens. You know, a lot of guys. There's a couple plays where it just all of a sudden, you know, you, you kind of lose the focus for like that split second. But that's enough for a lot of guys to uh, have it be a very impactful play. And lo and behold, we <laughs> see a pretty big impact right there. Um, Luis Amaria finishes as the Minnesota man of the match with an 8.8 SOFA score rating. Do you think he was by far like the standout guy for the loons on Saturday? Uh, he was the right guy to give it to, but I think the best player for Minnesota, and he has been quite a bit lately, was Franco Fragapane. I think Franco is is turning into a guy that could just change this team's season. Um, he's so involved now. Uh, like I said, on uh, Bongi's goal, uh, he made, a, I'm pretty sure it was Franco. I'd have to watch it again. I watched it a couple of times, and uh, Franco kind of brought that ball from behind him, redirected it on goal with a really, really nice touch, and then uh, Longwane put the rebound away. So um, I think he's, uh, you know, outstanding. And, and, you know, you could, just about every match, you could give it to Emmanuel Reynoso because <laughs> even if he doesn't figure in the scoring, usually he has, uh, has an impact in his own way with his playmaking and his ability to uh, to move the ball and and just force the other team to pay attention to everything he does. So, um, but yeah, no, Luis Emery scored two goals uh, and, and especially that beautiful goal that he got, Minnesota's, uh, what, third one? Uh, no, he, he deserved it. So uh, share the love a little bit and uh, Franco will get his uh, man of the match here, I'm sure, soon, so. And no love lost between these teams. Nine yellow cards handed oh out God. by the official. A very physical, uh, very physical game. Uh, Kervin Ariaga, Emmanuel Reynoso, Robin Lud, Michael Boxel, and Alan Benitez all receiving yellow cards for Minnesota. Boxel, Lud, and Reynoso now with the accruement of yellow cards are not available for this Saturday's yeah. game against Colorado. And we'll touch on that here in a little bit. Uh, do you think the physicality and just kind of the back and forth? credited to how maybe open the scoring was on Saturday? I think that this team has made, since the uh, international break, the unofficial halfway break, and Minnesota came out and they blew the uh, blew one-zip leads. Was that at Philly and Miami, if I remember right? Or was it New England and Miami? But they blew back-to-back uh, -to -back games on the road. They blew one-nil leads. And then they kind of – it's like a, a – they flipped a switch and they played with a little more edge. They played more physical. They played like a team that was kind of angry. And <laughs> I saw that at the end of that match. And I think once they got it tied up, I think it was like, okay, now we're, we're done screwing around. We're going to, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to hammer this thing out the rest of the match. And maybe AJ, it's just because I'm an old hockey guy, but man, I like it when teams just say, you know what? I don't care if I've got an accumulation resting over my head. I'm, we're going to play our game. And I, I like the way this team performs when they play edgy, when they're, when they're a little bit out of control. And uh, like you said, maybe that's just the old hockey guy in me. But, but I liked it, and 
even though a win would have been better, I liked the way they finished up. Um, it'll be tough to play without those three, but eh, you know what? Guys need a rest. This is a big stretch run coming up, so give Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and that kind of segues into our next point here. With mm-hmm. uh, those three out, Boxel, Lud, and arguably the most impactful player on that front side of the ball, Reynoso, who are you looking to maybe to step up and have the most impact? Are you looking to a guy like Luis Samaria or Franco Fragapane who have recently elevated their games and found yeah. that former uh, Bongi who also now has scored what twice in the past two or three matches. Mm-hmm. He's kind of been finding it as well. Or are you maybe looking to say, Hey, we got to lock things down on the backside. Uh, DJ Taylor might have to step up, but Kai DeBossi might have to step up or Kamar Lawrence. I, you know what? The first three guys you mentioned up front, it's funny how it wasn't that long ago, AJ, that just Robin Lude being out, we would have been, oh, no, we're screwed. And all of a sudden, here comes Long Wane, and he's thrown himself. He's involved in the offense greatly. Um, he's starting to score. Uh, he had piled up, what, four assists before he scored his first goal. And Fragapani and uh, and Luis Amaria right now are playing outstanding. So, I think it's a good time for that. Uh, you can't replace um, Reynoso. He's too skilled, too talented. Um, and as far as defensively, Brent Coleman has proved over and over again that he's not Michael Boxel, but he is a serviceable middle back, and he will step in there and probably do a fr- pretty good job with uh, Bakai Debasi back there. So I don't think that – it's funny, but a month ago – Losing those three, you would have been just like, oh, my, let, just let's throw six guys back on defense and hope we can somehow get a, you know, a scoreless <laughs> draw. Isn't it amazing how just the feel, you know, as a broadcaster and the fans, I'm sure, feel the same way, how much that's changed uh, over the last five, six weeks. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I, that was actually going to be one of my talking yeah. points about that, too, is just I'm not overly worried. No. About this Saturday. Like it's it does hurt. You know, you're tying mm-hmm. in a sense a hand behind their back and saying, All right, you gotta play uh with one less limb here. But you know, you just yeah. you just won the other night without Emmanuel Reynoso who missed uh because of an injury that he suffered during right. that friendly against Everton. Um can they do it without Robin Lud and Michael Boxel? And Robin Lud, I think he's kind of been flying under the radar recently just because he hasn't been the guy finding the back in that as often. He settled back into that more Mm-hmm. Almost like a box to box, you uh, not. I want to say utensil, but that's not the correct word. But uh, he's kind of become the Swiss Army knife of the loons because he can kind of do yeah. it all. He can hop up, get pressure offensively if needed. He can also drop back and maybe lock things down defensively. So um, to miss him, I think that will be a bigger blow than maybe some people who casually are viewing them think. Well, um, with, and box, with, yeah. With but, with Ariaga back, that makes that uh, brings back that depth at midfield a little bit more. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so, but here's the deal with uh, with Emmanuel Reynoso coming off an injury, and this is a guy they need to be healthy. They can't mess around and let an injury linger. Coming yes. off an injury, comes back, plays well. You know what? He might not. He's probably not at a hundred percent. So he's going to get a week off, and then there's the All-Star game. He'll probably be dazzling in the All-Star game, but he's not going to play the whole 90 or anywhere near that, no. I'm sure. And then you uh, you get another little more time off, and hopefully then he's 100% ready to go for the uh, you know the final you know run of the season. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you, AJ. It's amazing how much difference a month or so makes 
And I think that they've got a really good chance of going into Colorado and getting a result, even without those three. So uh, it's it's just uh, it's kind of mind boggling how much things have changed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we'll kind of touch on maybe our predictions for this coming match on Saturday. Uh, once we get to the predictor, we can kind of go yeah. a little more in depth there if you're all right with doing that. Uh, oh, yeah. Before we do get to the the games part, I would say of the podcast let's go ahead and look around the rest of the mls at this past week's action action because jonathan was i don't know about you but he was blowing up my phone with a lot of <laughs> are you are you seeing this match that's going on this is what a wild weekend and it you know to his credit he he was absolutely correct first off uh back on tuesday canadian championship between vancouver and toronto uh vancouver wins 5-3 on pks after a 1-1 result after time in the u.s open cup uh, back on Wednesday, Orlando 5-1 thrashing over New York Red Bulls. Uh, Sacramento wins 5-4 on PKs against Kansas City to move on. Uh, wow. Then the real regular season action starts on Friday with LAFC beating Seattle Sounders 2-1. Um, they, I mean, is anybody going to stop LAFC? Doesn't look like it, does it? You know? No, not at all. You know, at, at this the- point. They've just got too much skill, too much depth. I don't, I don't see what could slow them down other than some major injuries. I don't see anything else that's going to slow them down. But uh, as we know, it doesn't always pay off to uh, finish the top of the table in the MLS. Uh, in fact, no, it almost much. feels almost feels like a jinx. So, uh, <laughs> so let them run the table and and be so far ahead of everybody that they lose focus at the end of the year. That's what I'm hoping for. So. You never want to peak too early. That's for sure. Well, you know, and have they peaked? I don't know, but no, you know, all exactly. the all the goals that were scored uh, recently, it's almost if this was Major League Baseball, you'd think they threw some juiced balls into the uh, into the games <laughs> or something because all of a sudden it did kind of explode, and uh, that doesn't always mean for a good match. Um, in Minnesota's case, it was a very entertaining match, but uh, there were some <laughs> blowouts, and it was an interesting weekend. Um, one match that uh, mirrored almost the Minnesota-Portland match was the Inter-Miami-Cincinnati match. 4-4 the final there. Gonzalo Higuain uh, explodes for a first-half hat trick, 23rd, 37th, in the fifth minute of stoppage time on a penalty. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty incredible because mm-hmm. they are they go into the half up 3-2, to pretty much on the back of Higuain. And then they need to eventually get a seventh minute of stoppage time late just to get the 4-4 draw. How about that? So yeah. A little bit of crumbling right there, but I don't know if you cut any of that one. Um, for maybe some of the more casual listeners, how would you describe how impressive it is in a soccer game to get a half uh, hat trick in the first half? Yeah, you know, hat tricks, hat tricks are, are, you know, what is there, a dozen each year in the league, something like that? Yeah. There's not there's not a ton of them, but to get one in the first half is tough. Um, no. You know, there's just there isn't that much scoring normally in soccer. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty unusual. Um, and then, but imagine being on that side of it, AJ, you get a first half a hat trick and you still don't get the victory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of a little bitter pill to swallow because nobody wants to score. Even if you score a brace, you're going, you know, what, all you really want is get the win. Then you, you've had a great yeah. day. You scored two, you've scored three. All you want to do is now get a win for the team and everybody's happy. And then you get, you end up with a draw. So yeah, I'm sure he would have traded sweet. Yeah. Any one of those goals for two extra points. Um, big blowout between Philadelphia and Houston dynamo. Six what is that? Nil. 
that uh, to me that came a little out of nowhere oh that Um, was absolutely out of nowhere houston was a team that when we were just uh down there we thought this is a pretty good team we'll be lucky to get a result we did get a result but houston seemed like a team that was kind of maybe it figured some things out and uh then to get shellacked like that that's just bizarre did not see that coming no no not at i mean Philadelphia top of the Eastern Conference, but no, like they're, they're said, a good I, team. But, but I six zero over a Houston team that, like you said, we just saw. They're low in the standings, um, out of out of a playoff spot right now, actually. But in, when mm-hmm. you look at yeah. it, it's like it, six zero is very surprising. Uh, I think maybe to a lot of people. Um, other than that, not a lot of huge other noticeable things. Other than possibly, if I can find the uh, on Sunday, Sunday night. D.C. United in Wayne Rudy's coaching managerial debut pick up a 2-1 win over Orlando. Both of their goals coming in stoppage time. Pretty much playing from behind the entire game yeah. after a junior uh, junior or so ninth-minute marker. Uh, Chris Durkin and Taxi, uh, Taxi Arches Fuentes, in the, both in stoppage time, actually, to get the right. 2-1 win. So electric there for Wayne Rooney. Um so so let that's, me ask you this. He's been around for a couple of weeks. All of a sudden they get a win and that's his official first start. Where are they padding the uh the win column for him? That's he been, was, it, it, why 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 was that his official first start? He was he was with the team when they came to Minnesota a couple of weeks ago. See, and, I, and th- this I, was I, this has been confusing to me too because yeah. when he came, I know you can argue he was there up in the like the the coach's oh, boss he, or the man, you know. He absolutely he, set the lineup. You know he did. Oh, absolutely. But so why is this his first? So now he's one and zero as a coach. That's that's BS. I call it BS. <laughs> he's one and two as a coach. What kind of, what, what? I feel like they're just playing a little game to make sure that he gets off to a good start or something. And then they can say, well, look at what he did when he got here. Well, what he did, he lost his first two. So I think whatever. the Vikings should, Vikings should try something with that with Kevin O'Connell this year. Just wait until they yeah. like the Lions and then throw him out there. Yeah, now now he's officially the coach. Now yeah, he's wait. the coach. So. <laughs> well, whatever. It doesn't matter to me. It's it's no. fine. It's, but yeah, I thought it was a little odd that all of a sudden now now he, he I'm the captain now. <laughs> you know? Okay, great. Yeah. So. All right. Um, As the action wraps up, Minnesota currently sit uh, still remain third in the Western Conference. Deadlocked. Deadlocked in points with FC Dallas, unlike some of other leagues. The first tiebreaker is actually um, total wins per games played. So both have 23 matches played so far. Uh, Minnesota with 10 wins compared to FC Dallas is nine. So they sit atop of them in third place. And I think we talked about this last week, but if you would have told me a month, month and a half ago, mm-hmm. that this team would not only would be in a playoff spot, a home playoff spot, yeah. and they're in third place. That's, I mean, I went to believe you a month ago. Yeah. It all changed after that international break and they came out and, and they uh, had those two road matches where they uh, let uh, one nil lead slip away and, and it felt awful. It's like, Oh my God, here we go again. This team hasn't figured anything out. We, we still can't score. We can't play in the second. It looked really dismal. And then all of a sudden, they started finding the back of the net. Emmanuel Reynoso went from really good to f- fabulous. You know, he took, he found another notch, another uh, gear in his game, and everything turned around. And so here we are, yeah, sitting in third place. And, um, you know, I, again, I think they're, I don't see why this 
uh, point streak that they're on uh, shouldn't continue here the rest of the month. So uh, it's looking good. Yeah, and one thing maybe to just point out here at this point of the season, you see some teams like, for instance, LAFC, they're 9-1-2 at home, 6-3-1 mm-hmm. on the road. Minnesota, 5-3-4 and four at home, 5-5-1 five, five, and one on the road. So it's not like they're favoring one place or another. They're pretty much showing up on the bus and saying, all right, Let's just walk in there. Let's get the job done. Um, Let's just try to be better than the opponent because, you know, you look just outside the home playoff, uh, home playoff game race and Real Salt Lake is right there. They're lights out at home. Seven, one, three, two, six and four on the road. Total flip flop, total nightmare. So that's a team that's like they need to get into that top four spot. Yeah, and the teams that can have uh, you know close to a 500 mark on the road, the teams that have winning records on the road are usually your LAFCs and the teams sitting on top of the tables. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you can just be 500 or near that on the road and then play good at home, that's a pretty good combination. So, yeah, this team has had more road success this year than, than I think anybody really expected. And I, I don't know what the difference is, why. Um I think when you're playing well, you're playing well. It doesn't really matter where you are. But, uh, you know, Colorado is is not an easy place to play by any means, but certainly a team you should go in there and feel you can get a result against and continue to have a really great run of, uh, of road matches for this team. All right, we'll pivot over to Predictor and write that down. Um, I'm not sure. I forget which one Jonathan usually does first. Do you have a preference if we start Predictor or write that down today, Dan? We usually do a predictor first, so let me let me set that up for you. We pick three matches, one of those being the upcoming Minnesota Loons match. You pick the winner, you pick the score. If you get the winner correct, you get a point. If you get the score right on, which hardly ever happens, you get a bonus point. So possibility of six points uh, per guy each week. Um, yeah, that doesn't happen very often, but you never know. Someday. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. Um, Jonathan was nice enough to share the – uh, kind of stat sheets, score sheets with me. Yep. So we'll recap. Everybody's from last week. Jonathan picks up one point last week. He misses on Miami and FC Cincinnati. Uh, he had uh, Miami winning 2-0. They draw 4-4. Same thing, Minnesota-Portland. He had Minnesota winning 3-2 there. They both draw 4-4. Yeah. He does, however, pick up one point, selecting uh, Austin uh, winning over Sporting Kansas City. He chose them at 2-1. to one. Uh, They ended up winning 2-0, so he gets a point. Moving over to you, shooting blanks this week. Oh, LAFC man. Seattle, 2-2 uh, is what you picked for a draw. LAFC wins 2-1. Uh, you picked Atlanta to take down Chicago, 3-0. They draw 0-0. And then Minnesota-Portland, you had Minnesota winning 3-1. They draw 4-4. Uh, so nothing there for you on the week. I'm lucky enough to pick up one point selecting LAFC to beat Seattle. I had it 3-1. It ended 2-1. Uh, I also had Vancouver, Toronto in the Canadian uh, Canadian Championship Cup, whatever uh, the legal or the technical name for it is. I had 3-0. Toronto, I was really high on them after wow. last week. Wow. They draw 1-1, have to go to penalties, so I don't get anything there. And then uh, 2-1 is what I had for Minnesota-Portland. We know the story there. Four, four. So the standings currently sit Jonathan in the lead with 27. You're trailing him by five. Uh, so he does go one up on you uh, for the week. And I am sitting with a very measly three. 
Uh, granted, I did start a lot later than both of you we, guys. We might have to handicap you. We might have to do a handicap system. <laughs> but that involves math, and then I'm out. So um, I'm just telling you this. I'm not picking Atlanta again. If Atlanta can't get one goal on Chicago, I'm done. I'm never picking Atlanta again unless it's to lose. They've let me down for the last time. So, All right. All right. I'll go first. Perfect. I'm going to start right off with Minnesota, okay, because I want to get to it. I like uh, it. Saturday at Colorado, Minnesota 2 Colorado nil. All right. Predicting a clean sheet. All right. I will go uh, Minnesota, Colorado as well. I have it. Uh, I have a clean sheet for Minnesota as well. This, uh, But I figured with the absences for Reynoso and Ludd, mm-hmm. offense might not be as buzzing as normal. So I have it 1-0. 1-0 okay. Minnesota over Colorado. Jonathan is going to go with a draw 1-1 to between the Rapids wow. and the Loons. Okay. All right, got it. All right, my All right. second pick, uh, I'm going to go with, I don't know what happened to the New York Red Bulls last week, but I think that was a fluke. Uh, they play <laughs> uh, D.C. United on Saturday. Uh, Red Bulls 3, D.C. 1. All right, so not you're not backing Wayne Rooney whatsoever. Well, I don't care. Yeah, no, I don't care who they're. I don't care that he's coaching. I just, uh, you know, um, they may get better, but they're still not a very good club. So, I am. I'm going to seem like a bully here because both my picks, uh, the next two, involve a double game week for San Jose. I saw I'm not that. Su- I'm not yeah. super high in them, so I'm going the easy way out. My first one is going to be on their Wednesday match against Inter Miami. I have Miami over San Jose two to one. Um, Jonathan is going to go with, he's also going to go with New York Red Bulls and DC. He is a little more favorable of United though. He's got a two, two draw between DC and he's got Rooney brain. Yeah. He's all, uh, he's, he's (laughs) starstruck with Rooney. So, um, okay. And my third one, and by the way, I looked at that San Jose, San Jose has burnt me a few times this year. Every time I pick them, they find a way to do something different. So um, I'm going to go to Saturday, Nashville over Toronto, 2-0. Saturday, Nashville 2, Toronto 0. All right. Uh, My next one, like I said, I'm going to keep betting against San Jose. They take on Austin on Saturday. Austin's been very good this season. Like like we talked about uh, last week, they – have been uh, very surprising. I think they're going to keep surprising. Uh, maybe not surprise against the San Jose side, but I got 3-0 Austin on Saturday, so not only are they going to lose twice, one of them is going to be a clean sheet. Jonathan's final pick of the week, his prediction is FC Cincinnati and Philadelphia. Uh, 3-1, Philly takes the uh, th- all three points there. Okay, all right. I like the picks. I like you going doubling down on San Jose. I thought about that, but... Like I said, they just have uh, been burnt by the San Jose a couple of times, so I stayed away. So good picks, everybody. There we go. Uh, heading over to write that down, everybody will produce a statement, not necessarily a this team beats this team by this score, but uh, just more something in the world of soccer, um, whether it's domestic or internationally. Uh, some picks are almost immediate. They could wrap up within the week or within the day. Some are a little longer in time. So let's run through some of the things that came off the board here this week, starting with Jonathan. Jonathan said, by the end of July, Luis Amaria will be the top scorer for Minnesota. That is not true. So that is a that is no longer a goal for him. Um, 
And as, as I should say, uh, each correct prediction is credited with a goal. Winner at the end of the year wins the golden boot, which who knows if Jonathan's going to do anything for that. Um, also, Jonathan had uh, at least one Minnesota player will score at least a brace this weekend against Portland. Uh, that was that was correct. Luis Amaria yeah. picks up the brace, so he will uh, get the goal there. But those are the only ones that came off the board for him. So he got good? one. That was a good he pick. Got one. That was a, that was yeah. a nice pick. Yep, good call. That was a pretty good pick. Uh, you had a few things come off the board quite a bit ago. I had to be all the way at the top of the Google Doc for this. You said... <laughs> Minnesota will not be involved in a seven-goal match this season. That is wrong. 4-4 draw takes that one off the board. So that was going to go right down to the wire this year. Uh, they ended They ended here pretty early for you. Um, what prompted that? Because when, I, I when I picked that, they weren't they weren't scoring any goals, and they were only giving up <laughs> one a match. So when I when I picked that, we we talked about a two goal avalanche or a three goal explosion. So at that point, there was no reason to think that they'd be involved. The defense was so good, and the offense was so not good. That I thought that was safe, but yeah, okay. I'm I'm happy to take that loss. Uh, keep scoring goals, boys. Yep. Um, you also said at the end of July, Minnesota will be in a playoff spot. Uh, you didn't specify where or whatever, just in a general nah, uh, general was, playoff spot. That was uh, my that gimme. might that, that might a be a tap in, but hey, they all nah, count the same. That's another goal to you. Um, you said Robin Lud would have ten goals by the end of July. <sighs> I believe he has eight. I, well, they moved him. They changed him to a different position. He was scoring <laughs> goals, and he was playing up front. He was playing that false nine. He was playing on the wing, and all of a sudden, they moved him to a position where he's not going to score. So, all right. So that one's I could take that. That's uh, I'll take that. I'll take my lumps on that one. Next one that came off the board for you was a parlay. You said Wayne Rooney to DC United, Landon Donovan to San Jose. Each will lose in their first match as a manager. Ah, see. <laughs> I see why you uh, wanted the specifications. He on did lose. <laughs> he lost his first two. <laughs> oh, but he wasn't on the sideline, I guess. Yes. You know? Yeah. So that one comes off the board. Yeah, for you. take it off. Fine. <laughs> Not happy uh, about that one. Uh, you said Minnesota will finish July ahead of Real Salt Lake. And as we covered just moments ago, uh, third place right now for the Loons, Real Salt Lake. Uh, not even in a home playoff spot. They yeah. are in fifth, but above them. So that is another goal for you. And the final one that came off the board is Franco Fragapane will score a goal or register an assist versus Portland. He scored a goal. And that's really all you needed right there. I don't, I know you, we talked about the the touch that he had uh, mm-hmm. triggering the Luis uh, Amaria goal. I'm not sure if he got credit on an assist on that one, but it uh, doesn't matter. He scored a goal and nets you another one. Um, I had a couple things come off the board as well. On the 25th, I said Bongi will score at least one more goal before the All-Star game. I gave myself two to get there. He gets one uh, this past weekend. I also said Federico Bernadeschi will score uh, against Vancouver in the Canadian Championship. He had an assist. So I was very close. You were close, yeah. It did not count. And then I said that Barcelona will swoop in and steal Jules Koundé uh, from Chelsea because they were like right on the goal line, but he wanted to go to uh, Barcelona. They come in, swoop him, and announce the official uh, transfer for them. Um, So I get two goals credited to me. I currently sit with a – let's see here. I sit with two you have 14 and Jonathan has 15. He kind of has this set up a certain way. So if that's not 
yeah. super correct. You know, he'll specify next week. But it looks like as of right now, you have a one goal lead over him. All right. We'll see what happens this week. And, you know, don't worry if you get it wrong because I don't trust Jonathan's scorekeeping anyway. <laughs> Only he um, knows exactly how it works. <laughs> do you so want, did, he, uh, did he send you his for this week? Yeah, yeah, I was going to oh, ask good. you that, actually. Um, I have all three of his. Do you want me to lead with his right now, or do you want to start Let's again? Let's go Jonathan first, yep. All right, his first one is Minnesota will take at least nine points out of their next five matches. So if I can pull up here. Okay, that's uh, Colorado, Houston. Colorado, Nashville, Austin, Houston, Austin Real Houston. Salt Lake. Okay, so nine points. All right, that's not a bad pick. It's I, no. I, I would agree that they probably will, but they're playing well right now, so. Okay, you go next. I'll go last this time. All right, so my next one is that uh, this weekend, Luis Amaria will stay once again red hot, and he will score at least a goal versus Colorado. Okay, write that down. Write this write down. down. I'm I'm on the same vein as you are, but I'm, I'm, I think Franco Fragapani's got the hot hand. Franco will score at least one goal Saturday against Colorado. Write that down. All right. Uh, Maybe they'll Jonathan. both score. So we could both get points if they both score. So that's quite possible. You know? I like that. Uh, Jonathan from the desert says that Chicago will lose three of their next four matches. They are going at Charlotte, at Philly, home against New York City, in the uh, New York City FC, not the Red Bulls. And then they are at home against Montreal. Okay. So he's saying they will lose four straight. Uh, no, three of their next four. Oh, three of the next four. Okay. Yeah, all right. That might be a bit of a gimme, but we'll see. I mean, I I, th- I think Philly and New York, you can track those up as losses. Uh, yep. Charlotte has been playing good. Montreal is iffy, but I think he's banking on those first three are probably going to yeah, be the losses. Yeah, probably. So. All right. Okay. All right. My next one is that, uh, so next year, this coming Friday kicks off the next season of the Premier League. I have that in the first game week, so the first weekend of it there will be at least one of the big six clubs in the Premier League that will lose their uh, week one match. Just to show you what we got here, Arsenal kicks the season off against Crystal Palace. They're looking really good, so I don't think it's going to be them. Uh, Liverpool takes on Fulham. Chelsea takes on Everton, and I think we know based off what Minnesota can do, uh, Chelsea probably shouldn't have too much of an issue right there. Tottenham takes on Southampton and then Man United against Brighton with Man City against West Ham. Um, some new systems for what Man United and Brighton is, I think they, they're sneaky good, so I think that could possibly be it. But as a Tottenham supporter myself, I always am rooting against Arsenal, so I would like to see Crystal Palace possibly do something there. But it seems like there's always one of those teams that opening week just can't quite uh, can't, can't quite get over the hump. Yeah, can't get out of the gate properly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You know, at start of the season, fluky stuff. Nobody's really in that that uh, middle of the season mindset. So, uh, write this down: one of the big six clubs in England will lose their first match of the brand new season that kicks off on Friday. Over to you, Dan. All right, my uh, second one: uh, Minnesota has two home matches left in August: Austin and Houston. Uh, they will not allow more than one goal total in those two matches. All right. Write that down. Write that down. Uh, And Jonathan's final one, if I can find it again here. Uh, Orlando will win the U.S. Open Cup final against Sacramento Republic in extra time. So he's saying, I'm assuming 
and you know, that's I'm, a tough, that's we're, we're, a tough I'm going to make it, I'm going to make the decision for him. Cause I think, I think this is what he means. Essentially it's going to go to essentially it's going to be what um, the women's heroes had happened this past weekend. They're going to be draw uh, a full a draw. draw. Yep. yep. And then somewhere in the extra time is going to be the winner. So are you, are we're not counting penalties there? Cause he says in extra time, right? Right. Perfect. So okay. in extra time, Orlando will beat Sacramento Republic in the U S open cup final. Um, I'm not sure after this, I know he was kind of getting me eased into, uh, joining you guys on loon talk solely for his, uh, absence this week. So I'm not sure if he's going to have me on in the future. So just in case I'm going to go with one that's quite a bit out. Um, <laughs> yeah, go for it. I've got uh, the USA will survive the group stage of this year's world cup. So they will advance to the, uh, the knockout round essentially, and, uh, have a little more to play for. So they will safely exit out of the group stage and uh, make it to the knockout round of the world cup. Okay. I'm going to throw one out there um, for the, uh, and and we can, we can detail this uh, when I talk to Jonathan next week, but I'm just going to throw this out there. Emmanuel Reynoso. And I, and I don't remember from watching it last year, exactly how they scored the uh, skills competition at the all-star game. But do you remember how they scored it? I don't. I don't either, but I do remember there was some scoring. But I'm going to predict that Emmanuel Reynoso finishes in the top three in the skills competition. Now, next week, because I like doing this to Jonathan, because then I have to explain myself, and then he has to try and figure out what I meant, and then he has to figure out a way to write it down. <laughs> Just write that down, and then we'll figure it out. That I'll, I'll make Jonathan work through it next Monday. So, Okay. <laughs> Perfect. I love doing that. Um, I did actually, I know I threw it out there last week. Um, it was after you had, after you had left the, uh, the stream because of technical difficulties, but, uh, Connor loyal listener, Connor reached yeah. out to me and he said that he believes that if I can, uh, find it here, here we go. Robin Lud will finish the season despite his, uh, despite his position change of sorts. He will still finish top three for the loons in scoring this season. Is that pretty okay. lofty prediction? Eh, maybe not really. You do have Franco Fragapane who is getting hot, who's two goals behind him. I know earlier in the show I said that I think he was at eight total. He's mm-hmm. currently at six, so it's currently Reynoso with nine leading, Luis Maria with seven, uh Robin Lud with six, Fragapane with four, and then Bongi is uh, rounding out that top five with two. And then you do have Ariaga, Dunlady, Debassi, Dotson, Kamar Lawrence, DJ Jailer, I mean, all all those guys with one. Um, I like that saying, pick. I do. So Robin Ludd for Connor, write that down. He will uh, finish the scoring uh, top three for the club at the end of the regular season. Because so. here's why I like that because uh, Connor knows that if there's uh, an injury uh, to Longwane or Fragapane. Robin Lud, and now that you know, once you get trapped back and Ariaga's back, then Robin Lud's put right back up front where he can start scoring goals again. So I like that pick because Robin's not, you know, things change. And even though I like him back there as that uh, that defensive mid, that transition guy, I think he's been really good, great there. You're you're just an injury, or as as Adrian said, you're just a niggle away from uh, from getting back <laughs> up there. So uh, yeah, I like it. Good one, Connor. Good pick. All right, um, that will just about do it for us this week on Loon Talk. Dan, any final words before we uh, send things off here? 
no, I don't think so. Let's get to Colorado. Let's keep this string going and get some sort of a result and and just keep uh, pecking around. Like like you said, I don't think anybody's going to catch LAFC, but you know maybe that number two spot will all of a sudden come within uh, within reach if they keep putting points up. So yeah, I like I like where this team is going right now, and uh, let's just keep it rolling. All right. Uh, so Minnesota travels to take on Colorado this weekend on Saturday, uh, August sixth. Kickoff set for 8 p.m. We'll have pregame coverage with Jonathan Harrison and Dan Terhar right here on uh, the Squirm North mobile app, ESPN AM 1500 um, radio, as well as uh, HD 2 94.5. You can hear pregame kicking off at 730 with kickoff set for 8 p.m. And always make sure to leave us a five-star rating and click that follow subscribe button for more Loon Talk Weekly. Uh, for Dan Terhar, I've been AJ Fredrickson and the absent Jonathan Harrison. You've been listening to Loon Talk, a Minnesota United Score North podcast. See you.